0: All right, welcome back to Everyday Elevations, the podcast where we transform ordinary moments into extraordinary outcomes. Today, we have a very special guest. His name's Mike Brennan, and he's the author of Make Fun a Habit, the creative playbook for making life and work fun again. And he's not your typical creative consultant communicator. He's a passionate advocate for reigniting the lost art of fun and creativity. So his expertise goes well beyond just the pages of the book. He's helped renowned clients like Heineken and Chase Bank infuse creativity, innovation, and fun into the work. Uh, His art graces prestigious spaces like the Ronald McDonald House, and the Idea Museum in Mesa, Arizona. But what sets him apart is his commitment to helping individuals and organizations harness the transformative power of creativity. With a unique daily creative habit process honed over a decade, he empowers people to seamlessly integrate innovation into the routines, making life and work more vibrant and fulfilling. Through his word, art, actions, and unwavering dedication to the cause, Mike inspires us all to make fun, not just a habit, but a way of life. And with that, I'd love to just let you take it away and kind of tell me a little bit of your backstory. Like, how how did art become this whole lifestyle for you?
1: Yeah. Well, thanks, Jason. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm kind of like the typical artist in that when I was a kid, I really enjoyed drawing and, uh, my world was filled with cartoons. It was filled with comic books, you know, all the visual stimuli that that's right there. Right? And, um, I even joke that, uh, you know, when I was younger, I said, when people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it wasn't an artist. I was like, I want to be a cartoon. Like I wanted to be an actual cartoon. Right. And so I was like, well, all right, I can't be that, but I guess I'll be the next best thing, which is an artist. And so, um, you know, when I was younger, I was creating a lot of like greeting cards and things, you know, my parents would put the artwork that I would do up on the fridge and especially for like greeting cards and things like when I would create something, give it to somebody else. I'd see their face light up. Right. They'd be like, wow, you you made this for me. Thank you so much. Right. And so even at an early age, like I understood that like I could make something and that I could give it to somebody and something else would happen. There would be an exchange. Right. And obviously like when you're like six years old or something, you're not thinking about it that deeply. You're just simply going like, I want to have fun. Right. I want to do what feels good. I'm enjoying this. So I'm just going to do more of this. But as I got older, I realized like this is something that is really interesting that's happening and that I can create something that's meaningful to me, give it to somebody else, and then it impacts their life. Even if it's just a smile, uh, I can still have that the ability to be involved in that exchange. And I was like, I need to do more of that. I need to, to really do that the rest of my life uh, and figure out what that looks like because obviously it's not always going to be creating hand-drawn greeting cards and giving it to family members. Um, but as I went on, it, it looked like me going to art school in New York City. Um, I ended up having a happy medium conversation with my parents because, you know, all parents, they dread that conversation when their kid who's an artist goes, I want to go to art school. I want to be an artist. And they're like, you sure you don't want to be a doctor, a lawyer, <laughs> or something that actually makes money, right? <laughs> um, which I understand, right? Because, Um, you know, we need money. We need to be able to, to, um, to survive and thrive. And, um, we hear too many times the stories of the starving artists. Right. And so the, the compromise was graphic design because they said, well, that's at least commercially viable. You can get a job at a company and et cetera, et cetera. So went off on that path. And, um, you know, that's been a part of my life ever since as well, various agencies, various roles from, um, you know, advertising art director to um senior uh designer for editorial you know magazine layout packaging design um a lot of logos branding materials all that kind of stuff but in the midst of there um there was also a point at which you know it was like kind of falling out of love with that getting burned out on that and that kind of led into a whole other season where i was able to actually get in touch with the art that was meaningful for me again you know, the stuff that was like when I was a kid, cause it brought me joy, you know? Um, and so that's really like, you know, broad strokes, top level of what that has looked like. And has continued to evolve over the years. You know?
0: Love it. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the going back to when you're a six year old kid, I think people forget how happier we, how much happier we typically are as children. Because we don't have all these stresses of life. Right. And like you mentioned, like you want. Now, I was terrible at art as a kid, by the way, uh, um but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doodling. I call it doodling because I couldn't call it artwork And in, in, in all fairness, uh, that's okay. I'm, the, I'm I'm the guy that struggles to do stick figures. So, but graphic design, I did make sense to me. I actually was decent on the computer. At uh, I enjoyed that in high school. But anyways, you, you talk about the whole kids just. Being more creative and having more fun and more, more happiness. And I love mm-hmm. the fact you, you bring that from where you're at now to there, because I don't think that adults themselves really understand or even appreciate how unique and amazing it is that kids look at life from such a simple lens that everything stokes curiosity and creativity within them. Uh-huh. So I love that you, you, you just briefly touching on that. I know you're going to touch on a lot more throughout this conversation. And, but yeah, I just want to make a comment on that. Also, I have a question. This is nothing sure. to do with the podcast, but you have paintings behind you. Did yes. you do those ones? I did. Yes, okay. I did. Yeah. Those are awesome. It's very Thank distracting you. for me right now. <laughs> Robert day, Jr. And, and Jeff Goldblum on the other side. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Fan of both. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. Well, talk a little about when you got the creative burnout. Like, what got you back on track with things? Because you mentioned that you were struggling, yeah. and I know there's tons of people out there, myself included. I actually got burnt out on HR and now mm-hmm. found my passion for it again, and just start up a new HR gig here in the near future, a couple of weeks. So, I'd love to hear about how you kind of stoked your your creative flames and passions again.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that um, when you are in love with something and doing something passionate about something and you think I need to do more of this, I need to do as much of this as possible. And especially when it's something based around creativity, that is so personal. um, You think, man, if I could just do this for my livelihood, that would be, you know, the best scenario. But I think too many times what happens is you end up killing the thing that you love because then you start attaching things to it like, oh, this has to make money. Oh, there's certain pressures. There's outside voices. There's you know budgets and clients and all these things that add to the expectation of you showing up and creating and you not necessarily being able to create the things that you want to create. You're still tapping into your abilities and your passions, but maybe it's just a little bit off to the side. And the growing frustration can happen when you expect your, if this is a day job, right? This is a a career that you're in where you're in a a certain role in a company. You're expecting that role to fulfill every need and every um, desire related to what you're passionate about. And when it doesn't, it's frustrating. And so that gap widens. And yet what happens is a lot of times I talk to creative people who are you know, in the creative industries, whether it's designers, copywriters, uh, you know, so on and so forth, they are creating all day long for everybody else, but they're never doing it for themselves. They're never taking a time or a moment or that the, they have a place in their life where they can just go, you know what, I'm going to make something just because it, it, it's fun, because I want to see where this goes um, without pressures of things. And they, and, and I was this person also, by the way, you, you work all day long, you come home and then you're like, the last thing I have energy effort, you know, for is to create for myself. I've been creating all day long. I'm exhausted. And there's other things to do with my life. Right. And so you find yourself in this cycle of repeating, of going, yes, I'm using my talents, my abilities. Yes. I'm engaging in these things, but it's not full. It's not a, it's not the experience that I, I wished it would be. And yet I'm stuck in this cycle that it's not affording me any other outlet. And so what happens a lot of times is people just get to the point where they get burned out and they, they leave altogether. They, they walk away and go, this isn't for me. The, I thought this was, but this, this isn't the picture that I had in my head. And the picture that of what I'm actually living is so far apart that there must be something really wrong with this. And so I'm just going to like leave the whole situation. And honestly, that's kind of what happened for me was I was at a company and there was a deadline every two weeks and I was enjoying the work I was doing uh, on on a certain level. The people I worked with were great. Like from the outside, people would have looked and said like, dude, this is like a great gig. This is great. This is a nice life. But internally, I was really struggling because I was like, I'm not really getting a chance to enjoy what I just did and I'm moving on to something else. And I don't necessarily feel like I'm growing anymore. And there's certainly a part of me that is kind of going untapped and I kind of hit the wall. And then I, I left that went in a completely different industry where I was working more with people and in a nonprofit space. And, um, that was great, but then that also led to issues because I wasn't doing anything creative anymore. Like I had 10 years where I didn't do anything that was attached to my creativity. And over time, that really started to mess with me to the point where I fell into depression. And then some life circumstances happened where it just led to this rock bottom place. Um, And at that place, I was just questioning a lot of things. And the question that was loudest for me was, is it possible to get back to your art like when you were a kid? Can you get back to that place where you are creating something and you just enjoyed it. And you didn't have the pressures. You didn't have to worry about all the other attachments, but it just made you feel good. And I was like, I don't even know if that's possible. Honestly, I was like, I've been away from this for 10 years. Um, How would I even get back into this? Where would I start? I got turned onto this idea of a 365 day art making journey. And honestly, it terrified me because I thought, well, if I haven't shown up for 10 years, how am I going to show up every single day for this next entire year? But that thought just plagued me and I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. I mean, what do I have to lose at this point? Everything is kind of in ashes anyway. And so that took the pressure off. I started to just go, "Man, I can only show up for maybe 10-15 minutes a day because I'm trying to get climb my way out of, you know, some mental health." And um that was the start of me going let's just do what we can do today. And then write day one at the top, close the book. And then the next day, come back to it and come back to it. And so as I engaged with this journey, it was a sense of this is leading somewhere. I don't really know where it's going. I'm letting it be free enough and um, loose enough, but I'm showing up and engaging. I'm choosing to do something and be proactive. And that is what evolved into what I call now my daily creative habit process. And as I hit year one, I was like, now what? I'm like, I don't think I'm done. And I kept going. And I, that's when I've kind of figured out my voice as a, as a artist illustrator, not just a designer. I figured out my style. I figured out actually the process that I was like, you know what? Something's happening here underneath the surface. That's not just for me, but I think all creative people. And by the way, I think we're all creative. It's just a matter of what that looks like. Um, And so I'm like, this process can really help anybody in that wants to make something, create something. And so I started to identify what that looked like on my own journey and then helping other people with that same process. And so this whole evolution came out of this place of like being in love with something, hitting burnout, falling into depression after leaving the thing for too long, because I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't being authentic to who I truly am. And in this process refinding myself was rediscovering creativity on a bigger level and then rediscovering fun and joy on a truer
0: level. I love it. I love the fact that you did this 365 day artwork too. Uh, It's something, I did something similar a few years back, like during the pandemic, which is the only time I'd have time to do something like this. Mm -hmm. I read 365 books in a year, technically it's 400 too. But Pandemic would be the only time I could, uh, I could actually say this at that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about what you did there is you, you kind of touched upon it. You mentioned that I just said I could only have the bandwidth for 10, 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. But those were small, actual steps that eventually just started compounding and compounding and building yep. upon. And eventually got yourself out of your funk. I think that's important for listeners to pay attention to and grasp because if you just take these small little actual steps, it might not seem like much of the moment, but as you keep building that momentum, amazing things can happen. I learned that with this yeah. podcast itself. This was just to get me out of my funk, kind of similar to what you were doing with your 365. This podcast was legitimately, I was not happy with where I was at in my life. We kind of talked about this offline and I mentioned it in my first episode too, but I looked at my life in terms of what buckets am I filling right now? Where am I missing? And I had more missing buckets. Than I had filled buckets. So I was like, okay, I'm not very really happy in a lot of aspects of my life. How do I fix it? And uh, I like I I know there's certain things I want to do, uh, and I know how to hold myself accountable in certain ways. And I was like, podcast, and it's how I kind of stuck my creativity. um, one of my big concerns is burnout from this though, because once it stops mm-hmm. being fun, it's not really helpful for me um, anymore because I, right now I'm, I'm having a blast. I just, I do these episodes for me is the thing that's been helping more than anything else. And I feel like if anything else, if somebody gets something from it, amazing. Uh, that's yeah. one of the things I love about doing this is I get the feedback that it is working like that. And this kind of stokes my creativity. I wish I could draw. Um, it's always something. I know I can if I really apply myself and practice. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody can learn how to do just about anything within reason. It's a matter of, are you willing to practice? And I I get frustrated with artwork. I was that guy in class, and this is a complete side note, mm-hmm. in high school, I just barely passed my art class. And I, to this day, I believe it's because my teacher did not want to see my face again. <laughs> um, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. So we had light boxes. I tried to trace a picture and traced it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's where I was at as an artist. Uh, so I was like, okay, drawing's not for me. I can't even trace. So, But there's other ways, as you said, for creativity. Now, yeah. I'm kind of curious. For those who maybe aren't artists, for that matter, mm-hmm. and they're struggling with burnout and trying to find a way to break through what are some steps they can do to maybe get through with the creative process? Like, what what can they do to help break through? Yeah, I think the
1: first thing is just being honest with yourself, um, because there's nothing worse than being in a place where you're feeling burned out. You're you're experiencing these these terrible thoughts and feelings, and you're heaping on yourself even more so this sense of guilt, um, this sense of you know it shouldn't be this way. You know, like for me, like I said, people looking from the outside in would go like, dude, this is a, a great life. This is a great job. This is a great whatever. And we can do that to ourselves to be like, you know, um, I should be much more thankful. I should be grateful for this thing or for, for this experience or whatever else, but I'm not. And then that makes me feel even more shame and guilt. And, you know, we go down the spiral. And so I think the first thing is just being honest with yourself and going like, yeah, you know what? I, I am experiencing burnout. And then it's seeking help. It's being vulnerable enough and humble enough to go, I need help. Um, and help may look like different things for different people. Um, but I think it's important to, to voice it to yourself and then voice it to the people around you who you can trust and who can help you take steps. Um, and beyond that, I would say, like, in terms of if you're looking to either continue something, you know, you're, you're burned out, but you don't really want to give something up, but you're just like, this isn't working. Um, I would say try something different in the, in the same context. Um, you know, so like, let's take a podcast, for example, if you're podcasting and it's like, it's becoming routine and boring and laborious because of the process, maybe there's something that you need to change in your format or in the way that you're, you know, editing something. Um, the the tools you're using change something up in the process so that you might be able to get something different as far as results but the you may enjoy the process more and so i think really what it comes down to is are we enjoying something and then also you know like where can we be curious in the process because i think curiosity opens up a lot more doors for us if we learn how to do it well Um, curiosity means asking the questions of what's possible and it's hard to be in a place of burnout and frustration and ask the questions of like, what's possible at the same time. Right. Um, and so there's a sense of moving through, getting some health, getting some perspective, hitting pause. Um, but then not staying there, it's then moving into this state of what's possible, being curious, um, changing up some things that are within your control to change so that you might see some different results and i think sometimes also it's letting go of a picture in our heads that we think is the way it's supposed to be we can get so attached to that that we cause so much frustration for ourselves when things aren't aligning and many times it's it's a matter of us detaching from the perfect picture and allowing more a sense of, I'm not exactly sure what this is going to look like exactly. I'm not going to try to control this so much that I kill it and kill myself in the process, but I'm going to be more open and say, generally speaking, this is where, where I want to go. This is what I want it to look like. Now, in the process of getting there, I'm going to be a lot more open to what develops, what happens, what conversations are happening around me, what opportunities seem to be coming. Because I think that's a healthier place to be and I think that can really help us avoid future burnout where we just again we can find ourselves as part of the machine, just cranking things out, not loving, having it lost a sense of purpose and
0: fun and play and curiosity. Love it. The last part I love so much. Well, I love the whole conversation part, but yeah. when I think I think this is a more of a US culture issue than anything else, to be honest. Our society pushes this Oh, go, go, go mentality. And oh, you got to have the, they're still pushing the, the white picket fence lifestyle that you, that you know, mm-hmm. our parents would have, or grandparents would have like, Oh, you're not, you haven't made it until you have that white picket fence and this job that's stable and pays this, which of course we all want stable pay and a house who doesn't. Um, right. But you mentioned this sense of purpose mm-hmm. and how important it is to have that and find that. And, I think it's so underrated and it's something that I didn't even understand until recently. I had to do a lot of uh, self-reflection and I was like, because I had someone ask me, I have one of my own coaches ask like, well, what's your purpose? Like, what do you, where do you see yourself? What do, what lights you up? I was like, Mm -hmm. I have no idea. No one's ever asked me that before. Right. I had just been going through motions of life. I feel like, that's a lot of, unfortunately, a society right now where, especially in the American culture, where people just kind of go with the flow and don't question whether or not they maybe should be doing something different, how they can get more creative and find that curiosity. Um, I found by going through this podcast, I have found a lot more curiosity in life. I I want to learn more. I have so many more questions about everything. And this, this, is how I know this is, this is my purpose is my, my creative, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, this is, this is where I find my creativity. And so I mm-hmm. love that you touched on that. Um, now you mentioned daily creative habit process. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you completely went over the process, but if you had, if you can go over it again really quick, I, I appreciate it. I'd love to learn yeah, a little bit sure. more about that.
1: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mention it. I just mentioned it kind of as an overview, but really um, in broad strokes, there's, there's four parts to this process. And this isn't necessarily like a do step one, do step two, and then so on. Um, But really this is, this is something part of the rhythm and the habit and the routines of when you're making something, when you're in this, this zone. And um, the, the first one is start small, right? Because too many times we're thinking We need to have large blocks of time. We need to have large chunks of money. Um, We want to create the masterpiece in one sitting and then be like, here it is. Yeah. And that's honestly not the way things happen. Um, And so when it doesn't happen that way, we get frustrated and then just jettison the whole thing. So it starts small, small chunks. Like for me, like I said, 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes that was all I can manage in a day. But 10, 15 minutes, like we talked about before, when you add that up every single day, that's a lot more than waiting for two, three hours at a time in one block that may never come, right? So start small. Next one, schedule it. Put it on your calendar. Uh, I know that sounds very uncreative because everybody wants to wait for the muse. And it's like, the muse doesn't show up at three o'clock on a Wednesday. You know, they must be out to coffee or something because never seems to come. <laughs> but it's put it on the calendar because if it's important, we'll put it on our calendar. We will protect it. We will say, this is a meeting with myself. Just like if it was a doctor's appointment or some other really important appointment that we had to make, we'd put it on our calendar make sure that we didn't schedule over that. We need to do the same thing with our creative abilities and, and time and say, I'm going to protect this and I'm going to put it on my calendar and make sure that I actually know when I'm going to show up and not just try to like go with the flow and fit it in where I can and wait for inspiration and all the things that are very elusive. Be practical, put it on the calendar, even if you find yourself staring at a blank page or a blank canvas or whatever it is, at least you know you've, you've said, I'm going to show up on this time and then just start doing something. Um, again, small, 15 minutes, I did something, great. Maybe you go at the end, I don't know if this is worth it. You come back to it again tomorrow, you do a little something more and over time something starts to take shape. And sometimes it's not so much about the actual product of what you're doing, but it's really more about the process that's being instilled in you as you're showing up. So, um, that's the first two. The third one is play, have a place to experiment, to break things, to be curious, to do things outside the constraints of clients and budgets and all the other things that are external and just sit with yourself and go like, what do I feel like doing? Like, what would happen if I did this? Like, let's talk in, in um, practicalities right now. Uh, if I was painting something and I said, you know what, I want to play today. What does play look like? Well, What if I went in the yard and grabbed a stick and then I started to paint with the stick instead of a brush? What would that do? I don't know. Let's find out. So I go out and I do that and I'm like, wow, that was terrible. right?" But I may look at it and go, oh, there's a certain quality of texture that happened when I did this. Now, by itself, it's it's not really anything great. I'm not going to sell this painting. I'm going to throw this thing away or paint over it, whatever. But I now know if I want that kind of quality of texture or, or whatever the, the stick brings to the process, I can now use that on purpose because I gave myself a place to play and figure something out outside of the, um, the, the, the usual projects and the usual things that keep us a little too safe. So I have a place to play. And then lastly, celebrate. We don't do this enough. We are typically always in the next instead of the now. We're like okay, I did this thing. Great. Now it's behind me. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? next? It's progress. It's always pushing forward. It's taking new ground, especially as a, as a person who creates, you are attracted to that new mountain to climb. And it's so easy to forget about what you just did and stopping and celebrating helps you just hit pause for a moment and go, look at where I was and what I just did wow, there's things that happened there. And there's maybe lessons that I need to acknowledge that if I'm too quick to jump into the next, I'll miss out on that. And sometimes we just need to celebrate something in small ways of going, you know what? I did what I said I was going to do, or I completed a certain project. It may not seem like that big of a deal, but for me, it actually is a pretty big deal because I start a lot of things, but I never finish anything, right? So this is something I finished. I need to celebrate that, and and so it's it's a place for you to acknowledge growth and to um, reward yourself, so that you would continue on that process and see that something actually is happening. You're not simply just churning out work. You're not just simply taking this hamster wheel of activity, but there's something bigger happening, and celebrating helps you recognize that.
0: Love it. I love that whole process because. I can, I relate to it in a completely different non-work related, um, like mentality with it. When you mentioned the celebrations and everything, Mm -hmm. it, I just started my health and wellness journey. And a few months back I had up until a few months ago, I, I was always only going like 80% in life. Like I, I was a college athlete. Decent enough at sports, but I never ever tried to put it all online. I never finished a race I was exhausted. I always had more in the tank. Um, so I was track and cross country run. And mm-hmm. I about in October of this year or last year, sorry, 2024, <laughs> um, ran a marathon. Well, almost ran a marathon. I ran, I signed up for a 10 K at this thing called running man festival. And cause I was like, Oh, there's the bare minimum. Like 5K, 10K, I was like, I'm going to do a 10K, that'll be easy. I know I can do that. I don't even have to be in shape for that, um, for me mentally. And that's where I was at. And then as I went throughout the day, I had this thought process of, hey, do more, push more. Don't just leave it Mm -hmm. at that easy route. Don't take the easy route. Ended up running 23 and a half miles before my body gave out. Um, zero training before that. So I was very, very happy with myself. But then also the perfectionist to me was like, no, I only had two and a half more laps to hit the marathon. But (laughs) as time carried on, I just started celebrating the little victories with that. I was like, you know what? You've never ran that far. You did zero training. You were trying to quit on yourself way earlier in there and you did it. And look where you're at now. And so it, it is, as you said, it's incredibly important to celebrate those small victories. I also love that you mentioned creating a place to play. Mm -hmm. I don't think we as adults do that enough. We are so focused on this. Again, our society is go, 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 go. What's the next thing? What's the the next task we have at hand that we don't set aside time to just enjoy ourselves? It's something that I'm recently Mm -hmm. learning. Um, Actually, talking to you before this, it made me really reflect on that. Like, hey, where am I... Taking time for myself just to have some fun and mm-hmm. think about life and get creative and play, yeah. Um, which almost yeah. except for having a kid because it's going to force me to play a lot more. So that's <laughs> it's kind of cheat codes with that. But no, thank you so much for bringing those points up. I love that. I kind of want to. Yeah. That's that's. Oh no, please go ahead. If I can real quick,
1: the, the, one of the things of why I I actually wrote the book that I did, make fun a habit, is because. I realized that, yeah, we're, we're not experiencing fun. Even myself in doing things, all these creative things, right? Everybody would be like, wow, that's, that should be fun in and of itself. There are always things that we have to do that, that are either mundane, that aren't fun. And so it can be really easy to let fun be the deferment, right? It's the reward at the end. When I do all the hard things, when I do all the, the work, then at the end, I'll reward myself. Then I'll have fun. When I have a large block of time on the weekend, maybe every once in a while, then I'll have some fun. And I was like, you know what? I think there's a better way. Um, Because that deferment, I've seen too many people not even get there at the end. Um, And they've robbed themselves of a life where they could have had a lot more fun in the process. And so that's what that led me to is, can fun be something that's not just the reward at the end, but that's actually part of the process? what would that look like? You know? And so, um, I started asking this of myself and then that's what led me to, to write this book and, and go like, let me give practical things where we can grab a hold of this and start to implement this on a, on a
0: daily level, even in small ways. love it. You stole my thunder. I was going to lead to the book. No, sorry. Yeah, no it's okay. <laughs> it was actually a perfect time because that's, I was going to ask you how you came to creating that book from from your burnout to getting yeah. back into the groove of things. Like at what point did you decide, Hey, I think I have a book.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't really set out to write this book. It wasn't like a goal that I had. Um, it was really more part of the evolution of my journey. I had done previously other self-published books that were illustrated books. And I thought, well, of course, you know, because I have this work, I've done these illustrations. What else can I do with them? Well, I can turn them into a book. I can create some stories around some of these things and, and make them into books. And so I, I kind of conquered that ground, if you will, uh, to, to the point at which I felt satisfied. Um, and then there was always something in me going like, well, I don't know if I can actually write a book book, you know, with like a lot of words and like, you know, <laughs> not so many pictures. Um, but I knew that like at a, at the heart, I'm, I'm a communicator and sometimes I communicate through visual, Sometimes I communicate through written words. Sometimes it's audio. Uh, It's different forums for different expressions. Um, And so for me, it was like, I need to lean more into the written word and express myself through that. And it was sitting around a friend's table one day after an event. And we started talking about this idea of this book. And I was like, Ah, but I don't know. I don't know how I would do this. And quite honestly, it was leveraging my daily creative habit process that really helped me a lot because I thought, well, if I start small, if I schedule it, if I have a place to play and I celebrate my wins along the way, I think there's a pretty good chance that I can actually get this done. And I actually wrote the book in 30 days. um, And it was a process that I figured out, okay, once I knew what it looked like, like it's broken down into 30 chapters that are small. And it's intentional because I want people to look at this as a resource guy, where they can jump into it at any point they want. If they want to read it cover to cover, great. If they want to just bounce around, or maybe they come back to it at different points in their life and they realize, oh, I'm in a different place. This is now going to speak to me where I'm at today. Whereas maybe I read this two years ago and I'm like, hmm, it was okay, whatever, you know, next chapter. Um, and so it's, it's a resource for people to give them ideas and inspiration and also practical steps in how can we start to to implement this idea of fun in our everyday lives, whether it's personal or professional? And so um, once I figured out the format was, I'm going to give a story, an example, some experience that I had in my own life. I'm going to kind of extrapolate whatever the big idea is for that chapter. And then I'm going to ask a bunch of questions so that I'm leaving people like thinking deeper about this. And then lastly, some exercises to put it into practice, because for me if somebody's going to inspire me that's great but don't leave me like that leave me with something to do so that it makes a difference i don't want just a bunch of warm fuzzies and going like ooh great that that felt really nice if it's not really going to make a difference in my life right it's it's kind of a little bit pointless um because it just it it leaks it fades so i'm like i need to give people some inspiration but then practical steps and um once i figured out that that formula i just kind of figured out to go, okay, start small. How do I do this? Okay. Well, I'm going out for a walk and when I'm out on my walk, I'm going to utilize that time because my body's doing something. My brain is free. I'm actually writing a lot of this on my phone in the notes section or on, you know, Google docs on my phone, utilizing pockets of time that I had throughout my day to make sure that I'm making progress on this. And at the end of the 30 days, I had all the book pretty much written. And then it was just kind of doing some, some other things to kind of button it up and doing the design myself. And, and then I self-published the the book as well. And I read, ready, learned that process through some of the other projects that I had done and given myself. So it was, you know, another level for me to reach kind of like what you said, don't leave something in the tank, but just kind of go further, prove to myself that I can do this. Um, and it's not necessarily just about the book itself, but it's really more about this is what I've learned and experienced and what I believe is helpful for other people too, because I can't be the only one who's, you know, experiencing this lack of fun and joy in life.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely not. Um, I can speak from own personal experiences that there's moments when I'm just like, uh, what am I doing? Like this used to be fun. It's not yeah. anymore. Again, reference to HR career field. I got so disillusioned. Mm-hmm. I think mine was more because of applying for new jobs. I had some fun gigs in the past and then I just became so disillusioned with the whole thing. I was like, do I even want to do this anymore? And I got into it cause I wanted to help people. Um, right. Long story short, um, uh, got out of the military, didn't have a plan. I'd served in the air force for eight years. And then, uh, there's a moment where I ended up homeless for a few months, living on my car with my dog and, I don't think any of my family knows about this story. Uh, <laughs> Got to add this out afterwards. No. Um, but I had realized that where were things mis- messed up at? Like, where did I make mistakes? How can I do things better? And how can I prevent other people from going through the same thing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, for whatever reason, HR came to me. And then I realized during a sales and recruiting job that I had, or sales, sales and marketing job, not recruiting, the recruiting aspect is what I enjoyed. So I put those two together and that's how I got into HR. But eventually I just got so burnt out and know how to get out of the funk other than to completely mm-hmm. step away from it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your book actually. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you have so many interesting steps. Like I'd love to hear a little bit more about some actual steps for, maybe not just for the work related side of things, but just, Personal, how can they, in a normal day-to-day life outside of work, how do they yeah. add some f- more play to it and creativity?
1: Yeah. So one of the chapters I, I talk about, it's called uh, Take the Long Way Home. And it's I share this experience about how, like, you know, sometimes we're so fixated on getting from point A to point B that we lose something in the process. Um, and we we rob ourselves of the ability to just meander, you know, kind of like, what happens if I take a different way home? What happens if I go down this road um, that maybe I kind of know because I always pass it in my neighborhood, but when was the last time I was on that road? I don't know. I don't really have a purpose of going down there, right? And so we just kind of avoid it. But if we actually allow ourselves to maybe take the long way home instead of just the most efficient way home, we can end up on some roads that we wouldn't normally be on. And therefore put ourselves in places where we experience some things that we might not, you know, otherwise experience. So there was one day that I realized that I was, I had some of the time and I was like, you know what, what happens if I go down this road? I've always passed this road, but I'm not really entirely sure where it goes or what's down there. And uh, it turned out that there was a park that was right near me. I had no idea. And I was like, this is crazy. How can this have been here all these years? And I didn't know it. And I'm like, I guess, cause I didn't really have a reason to go down here and nobody told me about it. And so it took me the, the, to take a chance on discovery. Um, and I could have gone down that street and it could have been nothing there. And I've been like, all right, well now I'm, you know, five minutes later to wherever I was going to be and <laughs> I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> but for my, my purposes, I actually discovered something that was awesome. And then I was able to go there with intention after that because i was like this is a cool place that i now know of and i would never have discovered it unless i took that road and so that became a fun thing for me of going like what happens if i went down here you know again following the curiosity um sometimes it's it's even uh there's there's another story in there that i talk about being resourceful and how when i was a kid my parents thought it was going to be funny if they gave me a lump of coal from santa you know and so because i was the bad kid i was on the naughty list and so they gave me and my sister these lumps of coal before they gave us other presents. And what they didn't anticipate was that I was going to open it up and go like, cool. And I went in the basement in the garage and started drawing on the floor. And so I used it as an actual drawing tool. And they're like, okay, we didn't see that coming, you know, <laughs> jokes on us. Um, and so I talk about that in terms of like, you know what, sometimes you're given things that you wouldn't choose and that maybe even seem like they're bad, uh, or negative. But if we learn how to put them in our hands in a certain way and approach it with a certain outlook, they can actually become tools for us, uh, and unlock some other things. They become opportunities for resourcefulness. Love it.
0: Okay. This is going to be a complete tangent, but, and sure. we talk about <laughs> this more offline, but I would love to potentially, I'm part of a community called, um, Full circle events. And I'd love to find a way to get you, whether it's a video call or somehow get you out there in person. I'm out in Colorado. Um, yep. That's where we do ours. They also do it in LA, New York, and Austin, Texas. But I, this whole process is something that's so important. I don't think enough people actually put I'd love to be able to set up a workshop in the, in the future with you here. Yeah. Again, kind of a tangent in terms of this podcast interview, but while it's on my mind, I'd love to.
1: Well, you know, honestly, in terms of talking about evolution for myself, that, that has been part of my evolution too, is taking the process and going like, okay, this isn't just for me, it's for other people. And then going like, okay, well, what does that look like? Yes, it looks like creating resources like books. And, you know, I've had some courses and some things over time. And then it was like, I'm actually doing public speaking. And so, you know, a few years ago, I started doing more public public speaking. And then it was um, doing workshops and not just for um, events that were, you know, personal and, and kind of entrepreneurial, but then also going like, OK, I want to be more intentional about meeting with organizations, corporations and meeting with teams and meeting with people who, you know, they can apply this um across not just a personal aspirational thing but also a professional context because i think at the base of it creativity is so much larger than we give it credit for and too often when people hear creativity they think oh artistic like like you said you know earlier like i can't draw a stick figure uh, i can't draw i can't paint i can't sing i can't play an instrument i can't all those kind of like the arts if you will and I'm like, creativity is so much bigger than that. It's the way that we see things. It's the way that we we think and what we do as a result. Sometimes it's creative problem solve. Sometimes that looks like it's, you know, getting creative with how we're living our lives, what we're doing for our jobs. Um, sometimes it's the role in our jobs. Sometimes it's all that stuff. Um, it's, it's organizational. It's, um, it it gets into everything that we we want to do and and everything that's not there currently that we want to see show up that's what creativity has its hand in and so having opportunities like that of meeting with organizations and and um getting in front of more people that's really my mission and my goal right talk about purpose um you know the way i've been talking about it lately is really um it's it's being an evangelist of fun and creativity And, um, even that word evangelist, sometimes people get hung up on it because of like, you know, TV (laughs) evangelist or something, or like more of that context. And I'm like, an evangelist simply is someone who is proclaiming a message. Um, now obviously in the religious context, it is yes, proclaiming, you know, a, a religious message. But what I'm talking about is like, look, creativity changed my life literally. And so has being intentional about having fun. And I lost a lot of things along the way, and have been able to recover some things. And so I want to be passionate about helping other people in that process and on that journey. And again, whether that's personal, whether it's professional, whether it's both, um, because I think we're a whole person, right? We like to try to segment things and go like, well, this is my work box and this is my personal box, you know. But we're a whole person, and whatever affects you at work, you a lot of times take that home to you, your you know, your home life, and vice versa. So I think dealing with these larger questions and these larger issues and and recognizing the value of creativity and fun not just as like oh that's nice kid stuff or oh that's you know you know we we relegate to those things especially in terms of business but recognizing like there is tremendous power and ability and possibility in creativity, and fun. That's where great ideas are born. That's where innovation happens. And we see things that people dream of and then make a reality. That's life-changing.
0: Yeah, well, you look at companies like Facebook and Google and everything. They are mm-hmm. known for stoking creativity. It's its yeah, really their bread and butter. That's how they've been so progressive is because of the fact that they, that that's what they push for their employees. They're like, hey, we want you to find that creativity in you your inner child find things that are going to push you further um and so yeah. like you're 100% right these companies need to do it more people in general yeah. need to do this more and Yes, it's me yeah i need to do it more i like yeah. i've gotten better about creativity but i'm still always a work in progress i love it we all are yeah yeah absolutely well with that we're kind of getting close to the time to wrap up here so i I would like to give, give a little bit of time for you to, if there's anything, maybe you didn't get a chance to touch on that you want to, um, I'll give you a floor. Um, so if there's anything you think that maybe we didn't get to speak on, love to let you chat on it. Yeah, I think,
1: um, you know, like I said, creativity is really such a larger thing than we give it credit for. And so many people that I meet, they just say, I'm not creative again, cause they think of artistic But once I'm able to get into conversations with people and then start to say like, okay, for you, what, what does creativity look like? How can that show up? Is it the way that you build structures? Is it the way that you organize something? Is it the way you decorate your home? Is it the way you cook a meal? Is it the way that you dress? Um, Are you creative in, I mean, there are a multitude of ways. And then, so once it's identifying what that creativity looks like for that individual, Then it's going, how can we do that with intention and purpose? Because that's where you really start to see some things change. Um, And sometimes people are doing things and they just haven't put it in that category. They haven't identified it. And because they haven't identified it, it just kind of is, well, it's just something I do. I don't know. It's no big deal. But then once we go, no, actually, that is a big deal. Um, And that is very much tied to your creativity then how can you do that with intention and purpose? How can you then start to be curious into what could this, what else could this look like? Where else could this go? What else could this make me do? Um, again, the possibilities can become so much larger and that's when things were really exciting. And so I love getting into those conversations with people, helping them realize that I believe we're all creative. And I also believe that when you create, we all win because when you create, There's something about you that comes alive and there's something about you that activates your curiosity and and helps you take that next step and grow and become like the next version of you that needs to be. Right. But then also the people around you win because you're doing things and putting them out into the world and helping solve other people's problems. Even if that's I'm creating a greeting card and giving it to a family member and it makes them smile um that's something that makes their day better even just a smile so i think it, when we start talking about it in those terms it becomes a larger conversation that there's more value to and the same thing with fun um so many people think like fun eh, i don't know i mean like everybody has a different definition of fun some people they'll be like my idea of fun is jumping out of a plane and i'm like cool. Rock on with your bad self. Cause that ain't me. <laughs> you know, I'm not jumping on any planes. Um, some people think, Oh, fun. Like that's a clown nose and confetti. Well, maybe, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, if that's your version of fun, great. You know, and maybe you want to like take a class at like clown school or whatever. I don't know. And, and really thrive in that. Um, but it doesn't have to be those things. I think fun is personal, but again, once we recognize what that looks like for us, we can show up with intention and then make sure we're actually doing something. Like if we know we like music, music is fun for us. Maybe that's playing, but then maybe that's also listening. And we're at work and we're doing this really mundane thing. We can put on a playlist that can actually change our mood and help us get through the thing that we need to just get through with a much better attitude instead of sitting there and complaining and sighing heavily and going like, oh, I hate my life. I have to do this thing and blah, 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 you know? We put on a fun playlist that can change our mood. We can engage with the music while we're doing this thing. That's kind of maybe, you know, mundane. Um, and we can have a better experience. We can actually have fun in a place where it looks like there would be no fun to have, you know, (laughs) like doing taxes. I don't know. You know, some people that's, that's their version of fun, which I'll never understand, but you know, um, to each his own again, it's being intentional. It's recognizing what that fun looks like and then going, um, how can I start to inject that into places in my life where, um, we can kind of disrupt the patterns a little bit,
0: you know? Love it. All right. I like to wrap up my podcast with just a couple questions here. Um, sure. One of my favorite ones is if you could have any superpower, all right, I have a feeling I, I might know where you, you're going to go with this, but if you have any superpower, what would it be? I would say.
1: Teleportation. <laughs>
0: okay. See, you didn't go where I thought you would. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to go with the creativity. So it, this is a fun question because people, and we'll jump into why you like teleportation in, in a moment here, sure. but people will sometimes interpret it as superpowers like, like X-Men teleportation, things like that, telekinesis, right? Or they'll go, hey, creativity, or my positivity is my superpower, things like that. So I always like to see how people interpret that question, how they answer. So it's super fun for me. I,
1: I think I went to that because when you say superpower, I immediately go to superheroes, which is fantasy world. Um, for me, you know, creativity is a part of my daily existence. And so I don't necessarily associate that with like superpower of like something that I, That's not part of my normal everyday world in reality. I'm I'm reaching for things that are kind of like fantasy land things. (laughs) Plus, I think I would love to just be able to teleport places and cut out some of the travel hassles that we experience. I'm like, come on. This is 2024. By now we haven't figured some things out to be able to travel quicker and get to places. You know,
0: I need to work on that. Skip the line to the airport. No, I'm with you. When it comes to when it comes to the fantasy superpowers, teleportation is the one I want to. No. Great idea! Hey, you know I feel like going to Paris today. We we to get a crepe in Paris. Exactly. Want to get some tapas in <laughs> in Spain? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm with you. I agree. Yeah, that's that's my favorite one too. I have one other question I always love to ask. It's just sure. What is a quote that you live by, or what is your favorite quote? Whichever whichever one you prefer to answer.
1: Um. Hmm. That's a good question. That's a hard question. Um, first off, because I typically don't really remember quotes like word for word and be like, you know, here's something that I'm like, I drill down on and live by. Um, I'm kind of like an in the moment guy. And if something is speaking to me in the moment then I'm like, yes, this is really cool. And I try and keep this around me for a little bit. Um, but I would say like high level, uh, it would be like the golden rule, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Um, and I think that really encompasses a lot of things, whether it's personal or professional, uh, it's just being a, a, a good human, a good person and looking towards how does my existence affect the people around me as well as myself.
0: Love it. I mean, I, I agree that it's one of the, one of the more important ones to follow. Uh, I think one of my favorites is from one of my uh, mentors is be where your feet are. I had a very hard. I still have a hard time staying in the present moment. That's what that's all about. Like be right where you're at in that moment, and nowhere else. And I think it's very yep. important for people for that. That's one of my favorites as well. But anyway, before I digress and go off on a tangent again here, I just want to thank you so so much for your time. This is an absolute blast. Yeah, I'll reach off to you, reach out to you offline here, talk a little more about potentially putting together a workshop. And everything like that. Um, That'd be awesome. Where, before I get offline here though, before we end mm-hmm. this, where can they find your book at?
1: Yeah. So if you go to uh, makefunhabit.com, it'll bring you right to the page that gives you all sorts of information there as well as free resources. Like I put together a Spotify playlist that's Make Fun a Habit, all fun songs, at least what I think is fun. Um, (laughs) And then there's a coloring page you can download and color in if you're looking to kind of de-stress a little bit, um, as well as a what I call a fun libs. So if anybody's a fan of what, you know, mad libs kind of fill in the blank type of uh, game, there's one that I created specifically for Make Fun a Habit. And, uh, all those resources are there as well as a link to purchase the book and it's available on Amazon as well. Oh,
0: perfect. Awesome. So I'll make sure that I put that in the podcast episodes. They have access to all of that. And when I'm posting on social media, this way they have easy access to it. Just forgot to ask case you had other avenues as well. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This has been an absolutely incredible conversation. Um, definitely want to touch base yeah, again and speak again. Woo, can't talk today. Uh, man and and learn a little bit more about this too because i want to start instilling a lot more creativity and fun in my life Uh, but again thank you so much and have yourself a wonderful day